0: last clown coming to you this week with another brand new episode my name is chino liao welcome to it guys how is everybody doing how is your week have you binge watched any shows lately if you have, tell me about it. I would love to hear your thoughts. And then we can argue about it on my social media at Chino That's for everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans. Just kidding. I don't have Twitter. <laughs> I don't have OnlyFans. But you can join me on there. We can talk about our shared love for pop culture, which brings us to our episode for this week. It's interesting. It's an interesting little episode that I just thought of. Think of this as an elective. Yeah. Think of this as one of those classes you take just for fun. Wala akong college degree, pero ang dami kong school. So, with that said, today we are going to talk about the TV show Survivor. Yes, that's Survivor. The show where a guy in cargo shorts talks to people after he kicks them off his boat the show where you vote people off and cause irreparable emotional damage to their psyches just so you can walk away with one million dollars that's true show's been around for decades now in fact we are on season 40 of survivor just about to do season 41 And that is why we are talking about it now as much as i love the show i don't necessarily know everything there is to know about survivors so i am bringing on two experts to help me discuss the show in great detail our first expert is a is one of the founders of a local survivor fan group on facebook mr Sethan mr stan c joins us on class clown alongside another survivor friend who i am just meeting for the very first time you can you can hear it in the first five minutes i only met this guy today and that's mr jolly estares we are talking survivor only here on class (laughs) clown All right, interview time with two very very special guests on the podcast. My first guest is a former DJ Tamaba with RX ninety three point one and a local survivor fan. Uh please correct me if I'm saying your name wrong, Mr. Jolly Estaris is on the podcast. Hi Jolly. Joined- Hi, Chita, how are you? Hello. 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 I just
1: yeah, should intro, people should remember that he's also a former host of Five and Up. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know yeah. that. Thank thank you, mystery guest. But
0: yeah, I <laughs> Chacha Lazaro days, man. I met, yeah. met Chacha. 1990, I... 1995 to 1999. I, I met Chacha Lazaro on a trip from Burakai on Asian Spirit. So this should date the whole thing on oh, wow. five, five and up. Flying Asian spirit. <laughs> Before it started crashing all over the place. And then I met and I was like, oh my god, I've always wanted to be on Five and Up. And then I meet somebody from Five and Up. Yeah. You, and, you and Kuya Borji are on my bucket list of childhood people I wanna meet. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Let's, let's bring up our, our mystery Voice here on the podcast. You may know who it is for listeners of the Resting Resting podcast or his own podcast on PA called On Air with Stan C. He is also a on DJ. Deck. On deck for with Stan C. Close enough. Yeah, it was okay. Close enough. Right. Let's welcome Mr. Stan C on the podcast, guys.
1: Thanks for having me on Chino
0: I'm excited I'm excited
1: because we're talking Survivor
0: Yes I know Now that we we got down to brass tacks This is exactly what the episode is about Survivor is one of those shows That draws similar comparisons I should say To my my lesser TV shows Shall we say Not everybody appreciates Survivor Like we do Like I consider it to have A very Limited fan base Can you guys agree with me? Mm, I would say that it's a, It's got a niche following Yeah, yeah There we it's, go It's, got it's a surprisingly more.
2: It's actually Sorry, surprisingly More people than I thought <laughs> Because um, I've been watching Since season 1 And I thought by season 20 Nobody was watching that And right. then You get and then you get like roped into all these survivor, survivor communities and you're like, oh, we're still here. We're all still watching. We're just
0: silently watching in the background but not bragging about it. Right. Because uh, uh, Survivor for me, even even with regards to my fandom, I'm very lapsed. Uh, I started with Season 1, finished up until Season 10 seguro, dropped out, and then just started every other season from there. These last five or so seasons, I've been watching regularly with still a somewhat appreciation for the game. So, guys, for you as fans, what do you appreciate the most out of the franchise? Is it is it the gameplay aspect? Is it the survival aspect? What, what about it draws you to watch more Survivor? Let's start with uh, Johnny.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's always been the gameplay aspect. Uh, when I, but I was always really fascinated by the show, and I even wrote an article about it when I was in the very first season. I wrote an article about it in our school paper. That's how obsessed I was with Survivor. Um, and I, as a as a nerdy wimpy kid, I uh, I thought, but wow, here's a here's a game I could play, and here's a game I could win." Uh, and it's it's really just, and and I love watching parang underdogs win in the succeeding seasons like after the first season it was it was tina versus uh colby on season two and i thought i was i was totally rooting for tina if i know that's an unpopular opinion but i was rooting for uh-huh. her because she was such like an underdog and like not who you consider to to win a, a game like this but i always love that aspect of it it's the relationship and the, the strategy aspect so that's what that's that's uh that's what's drawn me all these years to
0: survivor were you also a Hatch fan from season one? I wasn't. You. I, you were not. Okay. Yeah,
2: I I wasn't. But I when I when I first watched, actually, the first episode I got to watch was like middle of the first season. It was uh, it was the one where Greg got voted out. Um, okay. And I remember I was rooting for Jenna for that season.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. And wow. even up Jay, to the Jenna. yeah yeah. And even up to the finale, I was hoping Kelly would win, even though I already heard spoilers that. That 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 Rich would win. So that's that. I really wasn't a Hatch
0: fan. Yeah. Eh, okay. It's interesting. Okay, Stan. Naman, what draws you to Survivor?
1: Uh, this is gonna sound very ratchet, but I watched Survivor since uh, season two naman. Australia Outback. Then I backwatched Borneo when it was available on cable. Uh, okay. And as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old with raging hormones, I was drawn to all the women in, sk- in skimpy clothing. The bikinis, right? <laughs> So imagine my joy as a 12, 13-year-old when the Amazon happens and the oh. episode Girls Gone Wilder airs. And Jenna <laughs> and Heidi take everything off for peanut butter and chocolate. I still remember the Rob Sesternino quote word for word. Probes, get the girls some peanut butter. So, it's really on my and so you know, I, I I would follow it for the women basically, because horny hormonal teenager, you know, from sina Amber in All Stars to Amy and Leanne and Julie Berry in Vanuatu to Danielle and and Courtney in Exile Island to Amanda in uh, China and Micronesia, but after that, as I grew older, I I gained a appreciation for. Yes, the, the the late Ashley Masaru. R.I.P. Um, see, I, I never watched China That was one of my, my blind spots until 2016 Anyway, uh, I, I grew to appreciating strategy And one of the players that really helped me appreciate that Was Yule Kwan, who won Cook Island season right. 13 okay. A.K.A. Race Wars And I, I'm particularly drawn to Yuul Because he was the first person I saw on an American TV show Who looked like me
0: Because, mm.
1: you know, um, us Asians we, we didn't get a lot of representation on American TV For a very long time So, you know, when you see uh, someone who looks like you uh, and is kind of representing you even in the stereotypical way in a nerdy, smart, he just happens to be really buff and really good looking, um, you're drawn to that. So yon, it, it it was the strategies, and as I got older, it's the narrative naman, like who controls the story. Sinu mga big characters who are the ones that make an impression on producers and on fans that warrant multiple appearances. So yon, um, it's it's a, it's now a combination of all of those, and like Jolly, I've written about Survivor as well. Um, not for the school paper that we both used to write for, but for enough <laughs> for different publications as
0: I got older. So yon. So wait, did you guys bo- get to know each other over your shared love of Survivor? Or did you just find out later that, Hey, did you
1: I think we were introduced to each other by another Severian, si Martin Gomez, who's several years older than us. Because he was like, Oh, you're a radio DJ, you're a radio DJ, and you're both Severians. You're probably gonna be friends. But <laughs> I didn't know about Jolly's fandom, I think, until I saw him post something about Survivor. And then at the time, I had created this Facebook group for Survivor fans called Survivor Superfans Philippines. And I was like, hey, man, uh, and I know we don't talk a whole lot, but like, I think you'd like this group. So I added him into the group. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jolly. That's basically how our conversation about Survivor started, diba? Right?
2: I think that's how it happened. I, I didn't know, I think when I met you, I didn't know you were a Survivor fan until years later now when, when, when that happened. So yeah, uh, we, 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 uh, we knew each other beyond Survivor. More yeah, right. Severians, sa- actually. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. interesting. Interesting Venn diagram of friendship. Eh. Savior, <laughs> DJ, and then Survivor. The then it doesn't get any more niche than that. It's interesting. Okay, so now that you've mentioned it, Stan, uh, Survivor, not unlike pro wrestling, also draws a lot of criticism from people. Diba? Is that yep, something... Yeah. That you got, especially for you Stan, since you're a fan of both, that's something that you have to deal with on a regular basis? That you have to defend your Survivor fandom to people?
1: Uh, Yes and no. Because that, um, I would still try to find my tribe, like find my people with whom I could talk Survivor so there was that hurdle that I had to overcome but over time when I started to find friends who I could talk about Survivor with like yourself or like Jolly or like the viewing party crew that I have somehow assembled over the years um, it became less of a less of a point of insecurity because um, I I didn't care anymore and it, it's not like the Survivor fandom is something I wear on a badge like a right. scarlet letter okay. and it's not yeah. like wrestling where I go out and perform and I'm in a wrestling capacity diba? Ito, I right. don't go out and perform and be a survivor diba? I don't do that right. so I, it, it's really like finding your tribe kind of like how the d d community
0: finds their own tribe of right. d uh. players
1: Parang ganun right okay
0: it's all about Jolly is that something that you've had to def- defend to people like when they say oh you've already seen that's still on
2: yeah, actually, I, I do get asked a lot about that, but I don't find myself in a defensive state really, because I, oh, yeah. I was I've always prided myself in I in being a very loyal reality show fan. So beyond Survivor, of course, Survivor is sort of the gateway drug to everything. But like uh, I am I am as uh, loyal to Project Runway <laughs> or, right. or Amazing Race or, or Drag Race or uh, or, any, or any other reality show. So it's it's really just my my thing, but. Uh, so I've I think over the years I think when maybe when I was younger there was a little bit more not really shame but like it's not something I would openly talk about. Uh, but I think as a, as I got older, parang I thought it was a really interesting quirk that I would mention if someone asked for a quirk. Uh,
0: so there, that's that's really sort of its place. All right. Okay. So when it comes to the gameplay itself of Survivor, the ba- or the story, sorry, the story itself. Of Survivor, a lot of people may question certain editing choices made throughout certain seasons, diba? why is this more prominent than that? Right? But the point I'm trying to make here yes, is here is uh how do you feel like that affects the overall arc of the season? Do you think it's it's the power is in the producer's hands? Or is it still very much a game? Decided by outcome?
2: John, do you want to take hmm. this one first? I mean, my, first, I yeah, parang my theory about it is that the outcome is the outcome, right? Because so, some, someone's won the entire season and the producers already know that. And right. so their job is to figure out how do we build a story that gets us to this point. Where you might be along the way rooting for other people to win, and that's fine because that's part of the excitement of it. Naparang rooting for someone who ends up not winning, but at the end of it, it's justified why this person uh, takes it at the end, or in some cases, not as justified. Uh, so good on. So actually, I don't, I don't mind the editing so much. I think the editing talks more, uh, feels more like it has uh, effects on how people are perceived in the real world. But as to does it ruin the purity of the game? I don't think it does. Um, some people, though, and I, and I've you know I've listened to like Survivor podcasts where they feel like the way that producers ask questions uh, to them and try to bring out certain stories out of them uh, might might have an effect on the outcome of their game or how they per- they're perceived by the other players. Uh, but in general, I that's never tainted my. Uh, feeling about the purity of the outcome of the game
0: right, okay, yeah, interesting Stan
1: so my take on this is uh, the loco the first is that uh, there's the game which the players play over the course of thirty nine days and the week before that in pregame, and then there's yung, the the TV product that is aired over the course of 13 weeks. Those are two completely different things. Because the, com- the TV product is composed of 43-minute episodes that cover a three-day span. Right. When you calculate that in terms of percentages, that's like less than 1% of 72 hours because an editing cycle is three days or a production right. cycle is three days, diba So what we see really is, is something that's very distilled. And at this point, gusto kong ipasok yung shit mga media theory But we're going to talk about the agenda-setting theory. And that's one of the first tenets of, of communication theory which tells you that there's reality and then there's yung reality that the producer or that the media wants to manipulate ah. which contributes to yung perception of it by the public. Okay. So in Survivor, there's a phrase that's often repeated which is perception equals reality. Meaning reality isn't reality. It is what people perceive to be real that is then therefore real. So put it in, if, if you're going to put it into a practical context Kung kunwari, si Chino, ikaw, diba? Ang perception ko sa sayo is that you are a very straightforward and blunt and gruff, grouchy person. Okay. That may not be you because deep inside, you could actually have a very kind heart. But because yes. the way I perceive you is that you're very gruff and that you're such a grouchy uh, person, I'm not going to take to you with the same kindness that I would towards someone who's more malumanay. Right. Someone okay. more mahinhin. Right. So in the same way, Yung agenda setting theory is na applied when the producers have a story that they want to tell. And they will tell that story, as Jolly said, however they choose to tell it. Whatever is appropriate to the agenda or the narrative that they want to sell. So right. if they want to sell that this season was won by this player kasi ganito siya, they're going to tell that story even if it comes at the expense of the narratives of the other players who are then reduced into supporting roles.
0: Mm, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, first of all, Stan, I am nice. I was kind enough to have you on this podcast <laughs> and, and bring your and bring your voice to my ten listeners, so, so how dare you, sir? But <laughs> well, like for okay, that's interesting that you mentioned that you know, the producers are still going to set an agenda and they can stick to it. Now, in terms of agendas or agendas in general, diba, multiple seasons of Survivor have featured certain differences in gameplay, diba? It went yeah. from just being a survivalist show to being a social experiment to being one where games theory is involved, diba? Can you guys pinpoint the exact... Because it mas detailed yung knowledge niya sa Can you guys pinpoint the exact... Moments in the franchise where these changes happen, wherein people when wherein the game went from ah, palakasan lang to challenges to oh my god, I can win this and not be the strongest guy in the tribe.
1: Okay, uh, well, I would go say ahead, as then. early as yeah, I would say as early as Borneo, it was already a game. Because right. yeah, had the okay. very first alliance, uh, the Tagi E4. Um, I was just listening to a podcast about this uh, just this week um, by the Survivor Historians. And they really made it a point to stress that uh, the, the Tagi 4 particularly Richard Hatch, the first winner, and Sue, uh, Sue Hawk, were the ones who were really controlling that game. See, Rudy, he was just there because... <laughs> He was there like He was a number to them He was someone That they could control And Kelly Wigglesworth The first runner-up Was the person who Would kind of flirt With the pagongs Who they eventually uh, Took out one by one Hence the term Um, pagong So they were not really A type four But they were four people Who knew what they were doing what they would, what they did when the tribes merged by the final 10 was they hopped on to the strategy of Sean Keniff the doctor who had this brilliant strategy called the alphabet strategy where he would base <laughs> yeah. his votes on people's first names the yeah, letter of first name nila. because Sean's strategy whether or not it's logical is up to you to define his strategy was i am going to get to the end and I don't want to piss people off by voting for them deliberately. So I will leave it up to chance and fate. Which just so happened to be, coincidentally, the pagongs, yung names nila, in e asa first half ng alphabet. And the doggies, oh. their names are in the latter half of the alphabet. So you see how ludicrous that was. But somehow Richard and Sue were able to come together and figure out na, think ginagawa ni siyan, tarasakin na lang natin. And stark difference ng difference nila because Richard was the corporate trainer, the city slicker, di ba? and Sisu was the redneck truck driver. Who would expect those two personalities to come together and, and form the brains behind the operation? So as early as season one, it was already a game. It was just packaged as a social experiment under the cloak of survivalism.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah same same thought I, I for me it was always a game uh, in fact I think when they when they started survivor maybe they didn't think these alliances this, this alliance thing would happen because right. it was just like oh let's vote off whoever we don't want so if you're abrasive then you, then you're out so you have to be nice to everybody but then you know parang rich invented the concept of of an alliance and suddenly parang oh Parang we parang suddenly there's the a, a big strategic component to this game, but that maybe was not intended when they first created the game. But but there it is. And I think my fear was that, I okay, so uh, Rich had figured out this uh, this uh, alliance thing. Wala na, every other season is gonna follow that, and it's never gonna be exciting again. And so in the succeeding seasons, Survivor has found ways to sort of sort of turn uh, that strategy on its head. The, for example, the the most the closest one was season three uh when the tribe swap in the in the first i think the first right. episode i'm oh, sorry no, the fourth the episode, episode I say. fifth episode there you go so three merged Nagkaroon, Nagkaroon na switch so parang just when you thought within this tribe i already have my three or four big lad, i sorry guys uh you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna ruin your whole strategy and then and then later season seven uh, ng, ano, ng, uh, what, what, do you, what do you call the people who are, who are going to return from uh, The outcast. It wasn't called redemption The outcast. there you go uh, There was an Outcast twist in Season 7 Where where people who were voted out Got to return in the middle of the game uh, And then uh, And then of course Season season 13 Yule came in And then parang put like very sort of Mathematical more sort of game Strong game theory into it So many different Points in which parang just when you think it's about to get really uh predictable, but something that will sort of change it. I think the biggest one that I missed out was the hidden immunity idol came during right. Uh, so was it Guatemala, right? It was the season eleven. Um, yeah. and suddenly parang like, parang someone can surprise you na immune And I think in in Guatemala so you could you could actually play the idol after the vote has been cast. Oh, they, you know,
1: the Guatemala Idol was different because you could play it uh, b- before you go to vote. So, ah, right right, 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 right. So you only play it before you go to vote. They realized that that took the the stress away, it took the suspense away, so they changed it. So by Panama and Cook Islands 12 and 13, you could play it uh, after the votes are read, So you could yes. immediately nullify them. And then they realized that was way too powerful, so by Fiji, Season 14, they changed it again so you could play it after the votes are cast but before the votes are read. And that's the current idol that we're all most familiar with today.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Which,
2: which, which I think which I think, is the best form of it because there's this will-he, won't-he kind of aspect to it. Yes. And the person who's playing is like, uh, I'm like can I really trust my alliance or, or not? Did they really vote the way I think they were, they were going to vote? So, so I think that they stuck with that for the last 25-ish seasons because... That's a uh, that's a formula that, that works. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I think they've just been uh, rolling with the game aspect over the last uh, many years, and yeah. So yeah, it's 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 always been a, a strategic game for me.
1: Right. I want okay. to piggyback back off of something that Jolly said, Chino. Because uh, he was identifying inflection points in the gameplay. But I want to go back to a season that's often forgotten, and that's Marquesa season okay. four, and. That was an inflection point in strategy because at the final nine, you had a dominant alliance called the Row 2-4, which was led by John Carroll. John Carroll was this gay nurse who was outed on national TV by Boston Rob, by the way, by a 25-year-old Boston Rob Mariano. And at the time, they were the alliance that basically controlled the vote. Even in a tribe of nine where they were in a minority, they had the majority because they had the two on, Sina Pascal and Nelia. So technically, they were six against three, right? At this immunity challenge called Touchy Subjects, uh, where you would answer questions about the tribe, and if you get a right answer, you get to chop off a rope ng ng tribe mates mo. And yeah. then if all three ropes were chopped, mahuhulug yung totem mo and you're de- therefore eliminated. The row two four exposed the pecking order of the tribe. So one of them ended up winning immunity. That was Tammy, uh, who was a TV journalist, and. It was at that moment that the outsiders, Sivisepia, the, the ultimate winner, Kathy Vaverick O'Brien and Sean Rector, they realized, wait lang, they exposed the voting order. So sila four, they're the top four. And then sabi nila, wait lang, tatlo tayo, we're, we're in the minority here. Let's grab Pascal and Nelia and tell them, hey, you're not gonna make it to top four, you're only five and six. So after namin mawala, it's a matter of time until you two are also taken down and you don't win the game. So these five people then came together and formed a new majority because five is greater than four. So that was an inflection point in the strategy because that's when you realize now you could form loose alliances to get what you wanted. And if you're going to zoom out, it, it, uh, it was a nice symbolism for how you could upend power structures in society. Because Survivor is a reflection of society. And in real life, you can't topple down existing power structures. But in the game of Survivor, you can. All you uh, need to do is to get band together with the right people and take advantage of the numbers. And that's what they proved right there. And that was the first time that they were able to take down an alpha in John Carroll, nice. who would not be an alpha in real life because he's gay. Especially yes. in
0: 2002. Red. Right. Okay stand, the red tagling survivor. No, but seriously though. Um don't sa sinabi yung gameplay ng Survivor, the pre-existing survivor gameplay. Um uh, twists have been a major factor all throughout different seasons. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Cause in at first they were just uh hidden immunity idols, and then all of a sudden you get Redemption Island, Ghost Island, right? All these islands, Island of the Idols, until the Winter Jet War, where you get fire tokens. And Is that something that affects your love for Survivor? Or can you do without it altogether and just be reliant on just admiring gameplay? Well, let's start with Jolly.
2: I like that. So... My, my, I, I've mixed feelings about the twists because everything is it's it's very hit and miss. Like there are like hidden immunity idol changed the game forever. Love that. Um, I'm kind of a purist, so I I I kind of hate edge of extinction and having someone away from the game and then returning at thirteen and at six. That's right. I, I feel I feel like that's incredibly unfair. And then like actual advantages like medallion of power, which is like super corny. Uh, <laughs> So those are the ones that, 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 that I found to be like, yeah, I could do without these things. So um, I think as long... And to be fair, I, don't know, I, think, I think a lot of this is also Jeff because he's a producer, but he's also right. the host, and he's, he's looking at it from a viewer's eyes. So he likes to sort of experiment, experiment with these things. And then if the fans say, I don't like this shit... And then it and then it goes away like a season or two later, uh, so ako, I've I've just accepted honestly that you know Survivor is a is an experimental show they'll they'll try a few things here and there some will work some won't work like even even this actually the the fire tokens na, Um I think when when it started it wasn't parang we we're all like yeah how would it really work and then they got these they got like Yule... To like uh build hype around it and explain how it you know parang adds uh, a whole new layer of manipulation and deception to the game. Choo 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 choo. Market uh, economy. Yeah, market economy. Yada yada yada. But then when when the season finished, parang you're like ah, you know what? it didn't really affect the game all that much, and maybe too much power was given to the edge of extinction. So my guess is that when the fire tokens come back, and I I presume they will then they then they might change the power dynamics behind it as well, so yeah so I think uh so yeah in, in short, I'm hitting this about uh, I'm hitting this about the the twists, but i I have a i don't know i have, I have trust <laughs> that Jeff and the team have a have, I don't have a good sense of what works and what doesn't, and will figure out ways to improve things in future seasons
0: all right, sorry Stan, before you get to your answer, just have a follow up for joggy, you mentioned sure. the fire tokens. Um, do you think they have the same? E- they will have the same effect as a hidden immunity idol, or it's too early to tell? I think it's too
2: early to tell. I think not in its current form. I think if there is a, actually there was um there were sort of um I guess uh, glimpses of I know of uh, of ways where it could be used for uh, parang strategy within the game. Um, I I was just iffy about the fact that most of the yeah most of the trades that happened with the fire tokens rested mostly with with the people in in extinction and it didn't affect the main game as much right. as it should have. So, parang it only served so that uh, to have to make sure that one person or a few people got so many fire tokens at extinction that they could buy advantages when when they got in. But as far as whether it, it provided some entertainment, like for example, Tony having to look for like eight fire tokens just to not have to set out a challenge. That was fun. But like whether or not anything really affected the outcome of the game, but uh, I, I don't feel like it's really had that effect as much as the hidden Immediate idol yet. All right. Okay, Stan, your thoughts on twists.
1: Um, I think that there are too many twists. There, there are just too many of them. I think Survivor should have a season where you minimize the twists and you minimize the idols that are um, in. Because, like, in yeah. a season, you can have as many as seven or eight immunity idols all being played at different points in the game. Right. And it just adds so, many, so much confusion, especially with the fast pace of the editing today. So, as a viewer, okay na ako na, there are three immunity idols one per tribe and then one in the merge tribe, diba. And then, you, na, you you do away with them. Once they're played, they're gone. You don't get to uh, put them back in the game. I, I don't need Edge of Extinction back. I think that it really lessens the impact of the vote-off, which is the signature moment of the game.
2: There's a yes. reason why
1: the tribe has spoken is such an iconic phrase and why the image of a torch being snuffed is so cemented in our consciousness. It's because that's the signature moment of Survivor. And you lessen that by bringing someone to Redemption Island or the Edge of Extinction. Fuck that. We don't need that shit. Uh, the, the, The fire tokens, I think, are probably the the best innovation they've come up with because of the market economy in the context of the game. Like, you uh, na- na mentioned yo game theory earlier. Eh, it's Like, what layer of strategy can you add to, uh, to a game like Survivor which is already so complicated as it is? You put in an economy. You give them currency to play with because that affects the way that they interact with each other socially it affects how they participate in the immunity challenges, which is the physical game. They have the tenets of the game. Physical, social, and strategic. Uh, and all of those are affected by the insertion of the fire tokens because uh, those are all ways that you can use to get fire tokens. The problem lang with, the, with, with Season 40 Winners at War is that they didn't really pay off towards the end. Parang, yeah. ah, okay, yun na yun. Parang nakulangan ako, na blue balls ako, so to speak. So, yun, uh, I, I wish there was a better payoff.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with the too many idols. One of my sorest moments was when Siri got voted out with zero votes because of the immunity train, because right. it just so happened everyone else had immunity. I'm like, oh my god. As Siri's like, probably one of my top three favorite players ever. So I was really sort of gutted when that happened. So, so yes, I w- absolutely agree. I would, I would love for th- for there to be like a limit to the number of uh, to the number of idols that are in play at any time. And para, it would be cool if actually everyone knew that there's really just three, uh, for example, right? So, so that right. that yeah. would mean that there's no. more of a guessing game of who yeah, has it and right. who doesn't.
0: Right. No, no recurring idols. No people speeding off into the jungle because they're using idol. All right, hey, great. And just like a survivor episode, I am going to cut this interview short with a commercial to tell you about the new shows coming uh, or that are on Podcast Network Asia. We just celebrated our first year anniversary. A very special thanks and shout out to all the people behind the network from Boss Ron all the way down. To the Kuya security guard who scans us in to do our recordings, we love you all. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for bringing you people into the PA family. People all the way from Dubai, like Darb skin who hosts Real Talk Darbs, because sometimes you need a heart to heart. Most times, what you really need is a reality reality check with a side with a side of Truth Bombs. Join your host, Darb Skin as he gives you a real score on life, love, and relationships, from dealing with broken hearts, to conflict resolution, to walking the line between fighting for it and letting go. If you're looking for solid advice on how to navigate the waters, just tune in to wisdom bars with Real Talk Darbs. From uh, a serious topic, let's move on to something A little lighter with my good friend and former guest of this podcast. You don't believe me? Listen to the episode before this. Mr. Victor Anastasia. Victor hosts the incredibly, incredibly funny, incredibly deep Salabayan with Victor. When, When life becomes a drag and you feel stuck in some way, sometimes all you need is a good conversation with a friend and we've got that and more in Salabayan with Victor. Come along with your host, Victor Anastasio, and his guests as they discuss anything and everything from adulting to relationships to body-guided meditation. They've got all the quips and stories handled. Just sit back, relax, and grab your headphones for Sabayan with Victor. Victor actually used to record his podcast in his car, which is why it's called Sabayan with Victor. This is a very true story that has nothing to do with the copy, but I just thought it'd be a nice quip, and now I don't know how to end the ads, so back to more of the interview with Stan and Jolly and Survivor. You guys mentioned at the top of this episode that Survivor also, especially for Stan, he started watching Survivor because of the representation that it showed on TV about having Asian people Oh, on T V made him draw comparisons to himself, the bang, and attract him to the game of Survivor. Now can you guys talk to me about how Survivor um sort of mirrors you yourself in that it gets you watching still to this day? So mm-hmm. uh, to start with Jolly. Yeah. Oh sorry. Let let me think about it.
2: Uh why do you start Stan? Oh Stan in order I deliver this game. Yeah, no okay, problem.
1: Um, so I look at my life in the context of Survivor because Like, you know, you watch a show for 20 years and you can't have it not influence your life. So when I say I look at my life with the lens of survivor, I look at things from the concept of alliances. Like when I enter a new workplace, who's friends with whom? That's an alliance. Right. When I uh, when I was in PWR. Uh, I would enter the locker room and and I'd literally have a lay of the land and I'd be like, who's friends with whom? That's an alliance. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: whenever I would try to, um, in a corporate setting, which has happened to me, um, I, I would try to get something that I wanted. <laughs> Whose ear do I have to be in? Who do I have to influence? What words uh, will be effective in talking to this person? What communication strategies would work? That's th- Those are things I learned from Survivor. And even Ooh. shallower things like uh, how I how I like to put on a show and how I like to make impactful statements. You get that shit from final tribal council. You get that from snakes and rats. You get that from Corinth's vitriolic speech towards sugar where she calls her uh, an addict and all, all those really mean things, diba um, Survivor is so influential in my, in my life that I find myself quoting obscure references that people don't get. Even the other Survivor fans, they won't get it. But I'll laugh whenever someone says the word full tilt because I think of Colby in Season 2 saying, I only know how to play the game one way and that's full tilt. You It's bring random references that nobody will understand. I don't think you guys would, would pick up that quote again. Or like, um, whenever someone says "damn," I think of Chicken from Survivor China going "damn." So so yon. Parang it, it's such a big part of my identity that I can't just shake it away.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Jolly yourself.
2: Right. No, I I, I think as as I, as I was saying, I think there's a okay. Like for example, like I'm I'm uh, I'm a gay man, right? So okay. uh, I was actually very surprised that. When I, when I came to our first sort of... Uh, it was it was like a whole Survivor Superfans viewing party for... It was season 34. And, and, and I went. Game
1: Changers, yeah.
2: It was Game Changers. And I came in and... and but I don't, why are there so many gay people? <laughs> I, was, I was so surprised. <laughs> I not
1: they,
2: they were in one corner talking about Drag Race. which And I, I wasn't even watching Drag Race at the time. I guess I wasn't gay enough. Uh, but, <laughs> but like... <laughs> 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 but I, 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 I was very surprised at, what is it about this game that's yeah is it, is it specifically uh, something that speaks to, to the gay experience I couldn't think about it uh, in that way because I never related it to that for example there are people who uh, who said that uh, maybe the reason why it has a, a huge fan base was because Rich Hatch won the first season and it proved that uh you don't you do not have to be an alpha male, you do not have to be like right. physically strong or anything to win. And, and that's and a lot of gay people who struggled through life, yeah. uh, felt like, oh, that's something I can really identify why identify with. I can win in life by being myself and parang being more strategic about, right. about things and having the right relationships. So uh I didn't see it as oh my god, Richard Hatch, gay icon. it was never like that to me. But but I did I see the think, value. I,
0: I don't think any gay person saw Richard Gatch as a gay icon. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> but uh
2: but but I but I did take away that Parang uh knowing what people want and what makes them tick is is a really important life skill. And I think like I've I've been in the corporate world since 2006 by god for like 14 15 years. Wow. And so Damn. I I generally know how to get my way or make things happen. Uh when they do I know which relationships are the right ones to to hone. Uh parang I I, I try to find out what a certain person likes and make sure that I sort of try to bring it up in conversation uh if if we need to. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's that, but plus, plus I think just generally the way I socially interact with, with people, I'm, it, it doesn't look like it, but I'm, but I'm very much introverted. I just happen to have an extroverted job. Uh, but, but when I'm in a party and I don't know anybody, I try to sort of listen into conversations and like what they're talking about. And if it's something that I kind of know then I'll, then, then I can sort of make friends and use that as an, as an entry point. So that's how it's sort of affected how I interact in the real world.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, Let's it's interesting. Y-
1: okay. Y- experience experienced Ni Jolly, uh, at the Game Changers viewing party because I think well, it's super interesting that he comes in and he's like, "Oh wow, um bakit ang daming gay guys?" right? Cuz like um I think that was also my first Physical exposure to the local survivor community. Um, I wasn't one of the people who organized that viewing party. I I, I just happened to connect them with the management of Skinny Mics, with whom I was working with already for years for other viewing parties. And nagulat din ako na they had sashes, as in beauty pageant sashes for the, the finalists that you were standing. Wow. So if you were a cerise stand, yeah. you had a cerise sash. Wow. If you were an Aubrey stand, you had an Aubrey sash. <laughs> It blew my mind, and I don't even know if it was like in a good way or in a bad way, but it's so mind-blown. Wow. Um, this is a very gay-friendly space. And um it, the Survivor fandom is the rare space where I, as a straight guy, am a minority. I think the other one for me is the Cardi Ray Jepson fandom. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh well. Uh, yeah, Obviously. so you know. <laughs> yeah. So so <clears throat> I never felt unsafe in these in these spaces, but it's so fascinating to me because as a straight guy in the Philippines I'm used to being in, in a position of being an alpha pero dito sa, sa survivor fandom I kind of have to figure my way out around how I carry myself or how right. I talk uh, because of my background as a Severian. you go to an all-boys school na no sobrang alpha rich guys Assholes, um you know, uh, wow. used okay. to swinging your dick. <laughs> Sorry, that man. was not a savior Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah Johnny's it. also a savior, and Johnny knows. No, that. I went yeah. to know old boy school. I know
0: what you mean. Yeah, I'm also an I asshole. Know, okay, yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. were you no, swinging yeah. your dick at assholes too, Johnny? was I like a savior in activity? <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> dick swinging and <in> savior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no but the, Pero, pero yun, napaka-fascinating na sobrang lakas ng survivor sa LGBT community dito sa Philippines. um Niche na nga siya as a following, pero sobrang niche pa niya na LGBT talaga yung parang naging target market niya dito sa Pinas. Uh, you zoom in further to the fandom, there's actually a subsection. That plays the game online and on uh, back in the old world before the pandemic every weekend or you know during certain weekends. Right, and these communities are also dominated by LGBT people. Like, I saw a season played with 20 players over a weekend in Batangas, and there were only one or two straight guys, and the other 18 were gay. It was mind blowing. Wow, Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, wow. It's
0: interesting that you mentioned this to me. Cause uh, the reason I asked that question so convolutedly was because I can't remember if you told me Charlie was gay or not, Stan. that's really why it sounded so <laughs> weirdly phrased. Um I tried to get to, I tried to get to the point. Uh, it's interesting that especially in the Facebook group that you manage, a lot of fans of the Survivor uh franchise are from the LGBTQ community. right they they relate to it from a certain aspect, especially when you when Jolly mentioned the social aspect of the game where you didn't have to be an alpha, right? And most of the time, I'd be on there just shitting on Michelle Fitzgerald being an undeserving winner, right? And then having to get into an argument with somebody who's defending her, right? And like, I could never wrap my head around it until you guys explained to me that, ah, yes, there is this social aspect that they are more prominent in the they can relate to people on a deeper level other than people who are say more guarded when they enter the game so it's interesting for me that even in such a psychological such soci- a sociological level survivor has this has this area of expertise that developed that you brought it to the corporate world you know you were able to ask people for things in the survivor way, which is just interesting to me, right? so interesting um, but as we we get down to the last few questions here guys, uh, I'd like to ask you first of all for your favorites right? we've gotten through the minutiae of survivor, uh, all these different details, now I want to ask you guys for first your favorite survivors right? favorite outcasts and then your favorite moments on the show Wow,
2: it's so hard. Okay, wow! Should have prepared for this. Okay, go ahead, Sven. i, 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 about I mean, this Yeah. Sige. Take your time. I'm gonna edit uh, the dead Era. Out.
0: Favorite
1: survivor player and survivor moments, tama. Yeah. So yeah,
0: take your
1: time. I'm uh, going to edit the dead era out. <laughs> yeah, na eh. Wait lang. Yung players may but like the moments, huh? That, that's tough. Okay. Uh, okay, favorite survivor player This is an easy one It's Rob Sesternino Who played in right. Amazon And All Stars uh, He is uh, The guy Who has really studied The game And has documented it Has uh, Really made a community Out of it Over the last 10 years And has managed to make A successful empire And living out of it I, right. I really yeah. admire the guy For everything he's done For the community uh, His podcasts Have also helped me Expand What I know about the game Because they cover Things like strategy and negotiation or social dynamics in Parang ginawan yung text yung survivor and it became like the book that I want to keep reading and learning more about. So if I had to pick one player to stand in the Survivor world until the end of time, it's probably Rob Sesternino. Um, In terms of moments, there are just too many and as tempted as I am to say Jenna and Heidi, I'm not going to say Jenna and Heidi (laughs) because it's 2020. Um, I will probably say that yung mga funny moments are really what gets to me. Like, Cops uh, are Us, Tony and Sarah. Uh, right. You know, um, th- their six year arc, yung kalokohan nila with the ashes and the spit, culminating <laughs> in that final four where they're all crying, because that's not the way that they wanted their story to end. Or Heroes versus Villains, where Kobe and Jerry have a 10-year arc that culminates there, na parang they used to be, they to have so much sexual tension. And then by All-Stars, Jerry's sole purpose was to finish better than Colby, And when she finally got it, okay na siya, kebs sa siya, whatever happened. And she gets voted <laughs> off right before the merge. And then by Heroes Villains, pakiyut na ulit si Jerry, Hey Kobe, to si Kobe, hey. Parang, uh, ano na, um, parang peace na sila, friends na sila. Or I'll, I'll go for a deep cut. Australian Survivor, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of as well. There's this guy, David Jennett, who's a supermodel, who is one of the best players ever, regardless of franchise. And he found an immunity idol inside a popcorn machine. He won wow. an award. And he was in a uh, in a movie theater. Tapos, you could find the idol in the popcorn. And what this guy does is he opens the door of the popcorn, lets it all fall out. He gets down on all four knees and eats it up like a dog,
0: looking for the idol
1: <laughs> using his mouth. Oh no 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 no! Just, just looking for the idol. It, it it was the most hilarious thing I'd ever seen in Survivor. So I think you know the moments for
2: me. Yeah. All right. My favorite, actually, got the My, my, my favorite is actually Sandra, and not just because that she won, but because okay. she was, I think, the first player who I identified from day one. I said, okay, she's my favorite, because, uh, parang when 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 they were uh, when so season seven Pearl Island started with them, parang like, looting the nearby town, and it was Sandra in her confessionals giving all these parang like, sassy observations about what people were doing. And I thought that's my girl, and and and, and I thought, <laughs> I, thought she was, I thought she was gonna she's gonna make it far. And then to my surprise, parang, it's the first time I rooted for someone from day one, and she actually won, even if some people sort of questioned it. And then when season twenty came, heroes versus villains, she won again, and at the time became the first sort of two-time winner of survivor. And I felt very very vindicated. Na parang, I was right to root for this girl since day one of season seven. So. So, 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 Sandra, so Sandra is uh, one of my favorites. But uh, another reason why I like Sandra is because she is basically weak in every single aspect that you yes. would expect a survivor to be, to be yes, strong right. at. She, she's not great physically. She, I mean, socially, I mean, a med- abrasive so she's not the most friendly person on the planet. But her whole strategy, which, is, which seems very unstrategic, which is as long as it ain't me, got her to the end twice. So so I thought she was, she was she's a great parang uh, she's a great exception to to how uh, most people would very strategically think about their game and Sandra just had this very unstrategic strategy of Basta hindi ako so I, I I love that aspect of it the other one is Siri and, and, and I mentioned that before and for a completely different reason other than she you know for for no other reason than she's the most lovable person on the planet and, uh, you know, Jeff never gets tired of saying, she got off the couch. And <laughs> but literally every, every chance he gets, he mentions that. But again, I, 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 I loved her because again, she wasn't, she wasn't a physically strong person, but she honed in to an aspect of herself, which is that she's a great human being and she makes re- these really but, um, deep emotional connections with the people that she plays with. And she used it to her advantage to almost win twice, <laughs> but but really never win uh, at the end of it. So th- they're are my two favorites. Um, and favorite survivor moment uh, yeah, I, I, I as so as You I'm can name a few
0: because there are yeah, so many. But yeah,
2: the one the one that sticks out for me in the more recent seasons was actually Zeke being outed at the at tribal council by by Jeff. Right. Uh, because it's a gay man outing a trans person, and I think it highlights. Well, one, I love seeing how society has evolved. You know, many many years later. Na parang, as as Stan was saying in Survivor Four, uh, Rob outs John, but no one makes a big issue out of it. In this season, Jeff outs. Jeff out Zeke, and it's parang the most unacceptable human behavior that there is because no one has the right to out someone else. And everyone in the tribe responded very, very emotionally to, to that moment. So parang, what are you doing? This doesn't make sense. So and and parang, the, the other bit to me was that it was very eye-opening to me to to, to many people, that maybe people assume that. Uh, basta, basta, you're LGBT, you LGBT, you basically understand right. what it's like to be every part of the spectrum. Right, of it. right. But the reality is, as a gay person, you 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 have no idea what a trans person goes through. You have no idea what a bi person goes through. What it means to be uh, intersect, uh, you know, intersex or, or or queer or whatever it might be. Uh, the, the reason why it's a spectrum is because we all have our own very individual experiences. We're bonded by the fact that we're not straight. But outside of that, our 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 experience is still very individual in nature. And to have a gay man out a trans person, and then he tried to justify it by saying, "Oh, but I advocate for for trans rights," but then you should know that this is unacceptable behavior, right?
0: <laughs> right.
2: So so I thought that that was a great sort of teaching moment. Uh, I thought uh, for the gay community, but but also just everyone watching uh, the show that there really is that being LGBT really is a spectrum and the experience is as individual as it comes. Um, yes. And I love that that yes. was brought to light uh, in, you know, in, in, in a way that was traumatizing for, for Zeke. But the great thing is that he was able to sort of control the narrative uh, at the end by, yes. by not, by actually being very classy and professional in the way that he handled it.
0: Yeah, he ended up on top, you know, yeah. in a sense. He, still, right. he still walked away with some dignity, unlike Jeff, who just right. did it, right? So, yeah. yeah, it's a great moment. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you went into that because that's a great moment that sticks out in my yeah. mind. Um, So now, guys, this episode, essentially, while we did the whole deep dive into Survivor, it's, it's, it's essentially for people who have not yet gotten into Survivor to want to get into it. So if you guys have tips for people who wanted to get into Survivor or lapsed fans who were thinking about it, where do you think they should start? And what do you think they should keep in mind once they do
1: are you asking for like season recommendations or are you asking like what to keep in mind when While you're trying, trying to watch, watch the franchise, franchise as, a, as a newcomer both
0: actually actually both yeah like where i think every
1: person has a different recommendation if you're like looking for seasons to to start right. in the pero um because you have 40 yeah. seasons in the bank and 20 years worth of history and the game today is so different from the game that it was before right. the, the best common answer is kagayan survivor okay. 28 because it's got an all-new cast, uh, and all of the cast members are basically gold, or virtually all of them are gold. You have six of them who go on to return, and they produce two winners. So, sobrang iconic din ng season because of the character moments, and it really shows what dynamic casting can bring to the table. Plus, there's a bias na Pinoy tayo, it was shot in the Philippines, so you have that going for it. Yung theme niya na brains versus brawn versus beauty wasn't even the central point of the season or the gameplay or the narrative. It right. was just there. It was really about the people and how they interacted. So kagayan really is tops on my list for any newcomer. Yeah. Um, as for like what uh, what season people sh- or, or what people should keep in mind, I guess they should keep in mind that you're watching a TV show at the end of the day. That these are people playing a game and that they're being portrayed and edited as characters. Therefore, if someone comes off really villainous or two-dimensional, that's not an accurate representation of who they are as people. Because I see a lot of fans who say on the internet, really ignorant takes like, I don't care about them as human beings or I'm only concerned with them as characters in the TV show. Fuck, I, uh, fuck do I care about Who they are as human beings They're just chess pieces to me I think that's a very Narrow-minded way of looking at it Because reality television Is such a toxic uh, entity Now when you get into it You come out really scarred Like very few people Come out of it unscathed And these people Can be legitimately traumatized So I will be the last person To invalidate Yung narrative ng mga taong to So when you watch it Enjoy it for what it is And then take the time To get to know The behind the scenes stuff Because that's equally juicy All on its own
0: Alright. Oh
2: Johnny, you have anything to add? Oh, okay. Um plus one to like don't be a toxic fan. <laughs> it's just a show. So and, and that goes honestly for any any reality show. I think you know Survivor does have toxic fans. I think the most the most toxic of them all fan of fandoms is like drag race. Like talagang no. mga like like threats talaga to queens who eliminate certain queens na, that they like. So just in reality shows in general, just don't be toxic. That's that's one. Now, as far as seasons to, to watch, my favorites were. Parang if you're a lapsed fan, parang if if you watch some of the earlier seasons and uh, parang maybe quit halfway through, maybe you could start with Heroes versus Villains. So, twenty is a great season because it has a lot of the great players, obviously from the first uh, half of Survivor's history. And it's an overall just really great season in terms of gameplay. So I would I would definitely recommend that guy. You'd recommend Heroes Villains? Yeah, I love Heroes Villains.
1: No, yeah, I, so, I, I don't recommend it cause parang ang dami history that eh, you ma appreciate pashao when you know that history. Like Colby and Jerry, like they go way back from you know the OG. Something like that. I, I don't know. I kind of I, I respectfully disagree here because you appreciate all <laughs> the moments more. The fact that yeah, Amanda yeah. and James started out on three tribes together through three seasons and they're still together and Amanda's crying because James is injured, parang argh, like you don't appreciate that if you come in new.
2: Yeah, I if if they watch, let's say the first ten seasons, which maybe most people would would have done, so they would see some familiar faces and they'll be like, ah, okay, Colby, ah, Jerry, I I, I they will at least remember the the situation with season two or 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 parang sina, sina Lex and sina Boston sina, Tom, sina Boston Rob, they would at least recognize these personalities and it'll be an easier sort of way in. And then if they had questions about, ooh, what's the what's the thing behind these two players, then I can recommend that Oh, you should watch well, who's, this. Who's that troll season? with the yeah. with the Fedora hat? Yeah. So so like, so now I can tell them to watch like earlier seasons. So parang feeling ko ang gandang, ang gandang gateway ni ni twenty if you're a lapsed fan in the first half and then you wanna get a sense of parang, ah, okay, eto, eto palay ng yare uh, in between. So okay. yun and I and I yeah, and I absolutely agree with Kagayan. Because Kagayan is like my my favorite all new players season. And I think it really paved the way. To having more all new player seasons um, in recent history, uh, I also actually liked Philippines in uh, 25 with Malcolm and Denise. I actually really liked it, and again, maybe slight bias because it was filmed in the Philippines. Right. but it, but that was an all new player season that I thought had had a had a really good storyline all across. So those those are the things that that those are the seasons that I would sort of start with.
0: All right, guys. Um, as a final note. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to see from the game of Survivor? Is there a twist? Are there players you want to see back? Is there anything whatsoever under the umbrella of Survivor? Start with Stan.
1: I would like to see the pandemic end. And the world be a safer place before people are demanded to go back out and produce another reality TV show. Oh, on well, social distancing
0: the island. Eh. Well,
1: technically you're quarantined. <laughs> or you can argue they're as
2: socially distant as can be.
1: Yeah. Oh well yes, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> But the, but the travel that they'll be exposed to is that's going true. to be incredibly problematic. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I want to see first. I want to see the pandemic end first before we can talk about you know a new season of Survivor all over again. Pero ako, I just want to see a season that's not super convoluted, that's not super filled with twists, because I want to make it about the players again make it about the way that they interact with one another make it about the characters instead of having like a 43 minute episode on cocaine where hindi ka na makahabol because you don't know what's happening you don't know who's got the idols you don't know who's with whom and everybody is whispering it's so frustrating as a fan now hindi mo ma-appreciate yung social aspect of the game
2: yeah right. i agree and i, I i've uh, and i except parang there's has been there's been these Parang surveys where people would be asked would be asked, what do they want to see from the next seasons of Survivor? And I always agree with the ones who say, I want a pure version. I want a season one version, where, I mean, I would go as far as saying, what if there were absolutely no twists at all and it was pure gameplay, just pure relationships? Would the game actually? I I want to see if the game would still be as exciting, kung ganon. And and that would mean that uh. Maybe the game would slow down a bit, because right. right now the the reason why the game is so fast paced, because your first day on the island, parang you're all like you're like looking around for clues already. You're you know running running into the jungle, looking for clues under under glasses where 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 you, where you wouldn't think there there'd be you know there'd be idols. So parang I, I want a game where where people can sort of just slow down, really sort of talk to each other and. Uh, build relationships, and I'd love to get to know the characters a bit more. Because I watch for character development, honestly. Right. Uh, the, the gameplay is obviously fun, but uh, the, the gameplay wouldn't be fun if I wasn't emotionally invested in characters. So, so I would love to see a pure season. Or if, if maybe if a pure season is too much to ask, maybe just the hidden immunity idols and that's it.
1: Right. Okay. Or how about diversity? Um, I ah, that's something yes. I forgot. Like, there's actually a movement right now uh, from survivor alumni where they're petitioning for survivor producers to have more diversity sa cast and more diversity sa production side because they'll be able uh, with a more diverse production uh, side of the show, they'll be able to accurately depict yung stories of the players because kahit na mo mag-cast ka ng half of the cast are people of color. If the people who are editing the show and producing it are white people who don't know what the realities and Experiences are of the people of color or people who are LGBT, then they can't tell those stories as accurately. They can't represent these um, quote-unquote marginalized sectors properly. So, yon, as, as someone who's um, uh, supporting the show, supporting the game, I'd like to see diversity in terms of race and, and orientation uh, just so we really see the depiction of it being a, a microcosm of society.
2: Yeah. I, I, I would love for minorities to not be tokenized in, in the way that they're portrayed except for, there are there are stories within the black community or the LGBT community that I think have been overtold but are, there's there's much much deeper stories like um, and and I would love you know as, as Stan said if there are people behind the scenes who were familiar with these things and can ask the right questions so that those type of insights can be brought out in interviews, uh, if they can be discussed at tribal council, because I, I would love a lot more of those, parang teaching moments that don't necessarily have to traumatize someone in the process. Uh, but you know that would parang make sure that the show has a more positive societal and cultural impact to whoever's watching it.
0: Right. So so basically, you're asking for a race wars part two. Right? No. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're not
1: asking for race wars part two because ah! Cook Islands is a bad idea ah! in, in theory. It was such a bad idea. Yeah. And um they were lucky that these people were not so bonded by racial hate oh. to make it a race wars talaga.
0: Race wars with all boomers, eh? <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: how you if cancel the show. That's how you. Get yeah. It if,
0: it. if you want like a literal race war, just make an island full of boomers. Anyway, guys, <laughs> that's it for this episode. You what, unless you have something to add, John. No, no,
2: no, no. no I, I I was just gonna say if I if I had been cast on Race Wars and I and I found out na- that was the that was that was the reason why I was cast for it. I'd be very offended. So, yeah, I wouldn't do race wars again for
0: sure. Uh, to be fair, we're talking about Survivor race wars, not not, not RuPaul. Oh, that's true. Race wars. Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
2: just so everyone knows. If you
0: if you happen to jump into the hour mark of this podcast, that's what we're talking about <laughs> Not actual race wars. Yes. yes. Okay. Not not the not the entertaining race wars. Anyway, yeah. guys, thank you so much for doing this with me today thank you to Stan and Jolly now you guys have anything you guys have anything to plug while you're
1: here yeah uh, you you can check out the podcast that I co-host with Chino and Ro and Camus we call it the wrestling wrestling podcast it's also under podcast network Asia and another podcast that we have is my solo spin-off podcast on deck where I talk to radio DJs past and present get to know their stories and tell the stories about the people behind the mics uh, nice. Follow me on social media as well At underscore Stan C on Twitter and Instagram And on Facebook uh, at Stan C
2: online Alright, alright I don't have any shows, but you can follow me at Jolliest Terrace, And all I want to say is Watch lots of YouTube That's it Right, okay Yeah, there are a lot
0: of great YouTube guys for YouTube guides rather For Survivor On there Yeah, yeah. No, because I, yeah. Jolly works for
1: Google And he handles YouTube <laughs> Philippines That's why <laughs> That's why <laughs>
0: Anyway, guys, thank you so much to Stancy and Jolly Estaris. And that does it. That snuffs the torch for this episode of Class Clown. If you didn't get that reference, you need to watch Survivor, guys. That's what we've been talking about for the past hour. Um, I hope that we've helped you understand the show a little bit more. Um, I know we did a lot of deep dives into a certain episodes, certain things about the game, but hopefully, you've stuck with us long enough to know that this game has been around for a reason. I'd like to thank my guest for this episode, Mr. Stan C. and Jolly Estaris. Please, please catch Stan on all the podcasts on Podcast Network Asia, just like on air with Stan C, just like the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, just like all the other podcasts on our network. Now, if you are a podcaster and you are interested in learning how your podcast is doing, then may I suggest signing up with Podmetrics. It's totally free. They track your listenership. They do all the work for you. All you have to do is sign up go to podmetrics.co and use my code CLASSCLOUD. That's one word, CLASSCLOUD. Again, my name is Chino Liao, bringing you this pod net, podcast Network Asia exclusive. Bakit ka nakalimutan yung ng network? Last episode na This, this, is this is the last episode. I forgot the name and now I'm just rambling on trying to stretch the end. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed it this time around. Next week, I bring you more people with more jobs only here on Podcast Network Asia's Class Cloud, powered by Podmetrics. Goodbye.